welcome divine woman to her money bar i am so so thrilled today because we are reaching globally to a beautiful woman rosie balco who is an incredible woman inspiring other women to truly tap into their self and to bring out their worth and i would love you to share your story rosie you know share what was the moment for you that you realized that enough is enough your life as it was was something that wasn't on the path you wanted to be on and i'd love you mm. to share that moment that that pivotal moment that made you realize like oh my gosh there's so much more to me yeah sure i mean first of all thank you so much for, for having me on um it's hard to pinpoint only one moment for that because it was such a it was there was such a collection of times but there was just a a period of my life where I was like this can't be it <laughs> this <laughs> cannot be what I'm here for um yeah. and I've you know I've, I've I've experienced other people talking about how they felt and not knowing how to get out of that feeling and when I was younger I had emotions that I would find difficult to deal with as all children do but I never saw myself in the position of genuinely feeling trapped until I was in there and I, I knew I had a choice. So when I was at my lowest, I knew I had a choice. I could either continue with what I was doing, even though I knew it wasn't working and it wasn't what I wanted, mm. or I could choose something different and I could find a new way. And it was scary because um, when, when you're so used to having this trapped feeling, um, even though it's horrible, it, it's at the same time comforting, which so many people often look at me like what the hell do you mean when you say that hmm. <laughs> but when, what I mean is it's because I know it right when, when we've yeah. been doing something for such a long time it's familiar so we feel comfortable even though we don't like it but it's like well I know this I know this this feeling of of sadness this feeling of being trapped even though I don't like it I know it so hmm. I'm familiar here and so it was it is scary to step out of that but I knew that it wasn't what I wanted my life to be like I always believe as an entrepreneur, you go through, you're a bit like an onion, right? You've got, you've got to break open all these layers and start releasing all those old, you know, ideas about how to run a business um, and start moving into your feminine. So you might not have come from a very masculine experience, but a lot of probably was quite constrained in, in the way you worked and the way you were remunerated, the way you were reviewed. Um, it's very masculine, right? So when you're starting your own business, it's easy to start bringing that over. Yeah, and, and then, you know, you're doing all the things, you, you're adding all this list to your day and burning out. So I'd love to know how you use your strategies because one of the things you focus on is overwhelm mm -hmm. so how do you help and you don't only work with entrepreneurs right you work with women who are yeah. looking to just embody more power to heal themselves how mm -hmm. do you deal with overwhelm how do you help someone with that 
So first of all, with overwhelm, normally we've reached that point because A, we're not saying no to anything. So it's always linked with boundaries or we're not saying no to the right things. Um, and the other thing is that we start to become overwhelmed about being overwhelmed. Because when we're overwhelmed, we don't work as effectively. We find it harder to make decisions. We find, we find that we're more stressed, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And the moment that we start to then think, oh, I'm not getting anything done. I'm not getting anything done. I'm, I'm not in the right mindset. I can't think properly. And then we start to panic about that. Yes. Then we have, it's almost like <laughs> overwhelmed times too. Um, <laughs> so the first thing is accepting that we are an individual human we are one person and um, yeah we all have the same hours in the day and so many people say to me you know like I keep seeing these inspirational quotes of you have the same amount many hours in a day as x successful person yeah and I'm always like yeah you do but you're also a completely different person you don't have that person's life mm. um and the example I always use is with um I've seen it a lot with sort of exercise and, and personal trainers and things like that. And this is no shame to any incredible people who do this work, but there are some quotes that people have made online to put up as a picture. And it's like, you know, you have the same hours in a day as this famous bodybuilder or whatever. Mm. Yeah, you do, but their job is to train 24 <laughs> seven. Your job is not that. You, you are trying to fit an exercise routine into your working day. So no, you can't live in the same way as a person who works out for a living. You have very different lifestyles. So, and that, that kind of falls in with into everything that we do. We all have different lifestyles. So when you look at somebody else's life and you're like, how, how can they do it so perfectly? A, you're not them, so you have to do it in a way that works for you. But also, nobody does it perfectly because we're only seeing what they want us to see, which is why, you know, people ask me online, you know, how, when I talk about healing, they say to me, you know, you've, you've healed everything. You, you always seem like you're fine. And I always make a point of saying online publicly, I'm not always okay. Mm. I still have days where I get overwhelmed. I still have days where I get stressed and anxious. I still have days where I get angry, where I'm sad and I don't deal with it in the best way. But yeah. the whole, because I'm human and I'm going to, and, and, but I've accepted that. And that, that acceptance is the biggest key that we can have into, into our healing. Because if we keep dismissing how we feel, it's like, you know, I always put the, the, the framing into it of how would you speak to a child? Because we all have that child's version of us inside of us. And if, mm. if a child came up to you and said, I'm really sad about this or in tears about something or said, I'm really scared, I don't know what to do. You wouldn't tell them to get over it. You wouldn't tell them, oh, you know, just, just keep going and stop moaning about it and stop complaining. <laughs> Nobody would say that to a kid, right? No. So when, when we get overwhelmed or when we feel like we're not doing enough and we start to criticize ourselves, that feeling gets bigger because we start to feel like we're never going to reach the goal that we want mm, to reach. Just stuck so, in scarcity and in yeah. lack, you know? Exactly. Because we are in, again, in this, um, in our society, there's so much of, well, if I don't do everything now, I'm not going to reach what I want to reach. Mm. But yep. that's why when I talk to people who are overwhelmed or panicking or anxious, I always teach them, and this is one of the first things that we'll do after acceptance, is that rest is part of their productivity. Because so uh, many of them are like, yes, I can't have a break until it's done. <laughs> and I'm like, but if you never stop, the, 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 more clo the closer you get to burnout, which is essentially what you're leading to if you never rest, 
the less the less quality work you're going to be able to achieve anyway whereas if you take regular breaks and nourish your body in mm. all the ways that you that you can and do things that you genuinely enjoy mm. the better quality of life but also quality of work you're going to be producing anyway I can't think of any single person that produces better work when they're overwhelmed and tired than if they are well rested, well nourished, mm. and actually treating themselves like a like a quality special human. I don't know anybody <laughs> who would say yeah. that being overwhelmed is better. So that it's kind of like this flip of mindset, this flip of mm. I have to do everything right now because it's not a race. Who are you racing against? Why why exactly. are you exactly I have that all the time. You know, I'm quite a competitive person. <laughs> so <laughs> I set these goals for myself you know and I love achieving things I'm like I'm driven off goals and achievement yeah so I do that in my business too sometimes it works well for me Mm -hmm. because I have that inner you know um, power or that that sort of um, fierceness to go I'm going for that no matter what and I've done that and it's worked well for me so you know, I've, I've applied for, you know, just in the first 12 months of my business, I applied for international awards and I won Stevie Awards. I Amazing. Applied, you know, I put myself out there and Absolutely. I did it. But in another sense, at the same time as doing that, I burnt out mm-hmm. because I'd taken on so many extra things in my business in building this community and running events and double doubling everything um, and not giving back to myself first. So I mm. burnt out, had insomnia completely, went into adrenal fatigue and eventually couldn't even operate. So this is why I have a completely different appreciation for my business and how women can look at a business in a different way. Mm-hmm. So on the second version of my business, after, you know, lots of rest, lots of spiritual awareness and healing, the second, you know, awakening of business for me, I spend the first half of the day on myself. Mm. Oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, completely different person. I used to Mm. wake up and make sure I was like 8.30 to 5 at the computer, coffee in hand, go. Mm -hmm. Now I wake up early and I do inspired journaling. I download. Mm. I come up with creative ideas. I start my day in the feminine. Yes, it's really just um, beautiful, expansive, you know, what's the next thing I need to do? And I just build that up. And then I think about my energy and what I need for myself. Yeah. Is it, you know, I've got my calendar of gym days and what I'm doing. Do I feel like doing that today or does my body need to be out in the sun or grounding? And so I take a lot of... um, I tap into what I think I need to fill up my energy first. And only after I've done all of those things, you know, it might be 10 or 11 Mm o'clock, then I'm ready to go. And my afternoons are smashed through the work. I'm so inspired. Everything gets done really quickly. I, um, 
I create the flow state basically yeah by using my system and and the other thing is I don't have to-do lists what do you think about to-do lists I was just about to say this actually (laughs) I um I know a lot of people love a to-do list they love them and I don't think there's anything necessarily I don't think there's they're necessarily bad but I also know a lot of people do this thing to make themselves feel like they're achieving they write really simple things down like I know somebody who writes at the top of their to-do list write to-do list so that they can check something off <laughs> yes oh um, wow which makes, them, which makes them feel good which I completely understand hmm. um but sometimes I think um we end up either writing so many things down hmm. that it leads us to overwhelm yeah or it makes it much harder to identify what we need to prioritize so I think that to do this can be useful if and this is just my opinion if they are structured in a way that's actually helpful towards our day so for me I will focus on three things a day Mm. I have more to do than those three things but I'm going to prioritize those three things in my working hours so that I actually make progress rather than panicking oh I need to do this need to do that need to do this need to do that Mm. um but what I also do it I call it a to-da list (laughs) (laughs) at the end of every day I'll write down everything I've achieved and everything I've done and it will be both personal and work related and I always do it because it's so easy to forget things or dismiss things as too little or not important um especially when maybe I haven't finished like a, a project that I'm working on but I'd, I I'd intended to that day but took a little bit longer so I haven't done it yet but I'm like oh I didn't finish what I wanted to do but then I write down everything I've done I'm like actually I've done quite a lot today so mm. It, it just kind of again it's just that perspective on it um but I do also want to say that when when we we talk a lot about you know what we do in the morning and getting into that right mindset and I think that so many people will hear us talking about it and be like well I can't do that because I'm at work by seven seven in the morning or however whatever time it is that they start which hmm. I completely understand that to be able to be like you know I'm going to dedicate this many hours a day to myself is definitely a luxury but, but it doesn't mean that you can't do it in a way that works for you. You can spend the first 15 minutes of your day mm. doing something before you go on your phone, before you check your emails, before you rush to get ready in the morning. You can spend 15 minutes grounding or 15 minutes journaling or yep. 15 minutes just stretching and listening to music or doing something. Mm. Even if it's just five minutes, checking in with your body, doing a body scan, checking in with how you're feeling so you can then make the choices that are right for you that day rather than being like, oh, I don't have time. I have to do everything today. I have to get into whatever it is that my boss or, or whatever, whoever it is I'm working for wants me to do. Because even if you spend five minutes in the morning doing that, whatever time you get up, your day will be so different. And I know that because I did it when I was working in what's called the nine to five, but whenever, when is it ever nine to five? Yeah. When you, you, know, you, get, you get to your job at whatever time in the morning, I'd be up at half past five and, and that, you know, it is an early start. I know there are people who get up earlier than that, but there are, it is an early start when you've got a full day ahead of you. And it was so easy for me to be like, no, I want 20 more minutes in bed. Mm. But if I got up at half past five instead of 10 to six, when I would snooze my alarm sometimes, my day was so much better because I had those 20 minutes yes. to be with myself and to check in. And it and 20 minutes is not that long. No. 20 minutes of my day is not that long but it made an enormous difference to my mood and I knew that it did because in the days that I didn't do it 
I felt so different in who I was mm. and I felt so different about the work that I was doing and I, I lost my patience quicker and I would snap quicker and I'd I'd be I'd have this sort of idea of um you know victim mindset of mm. everything around me isn't my fault and I didn't I don't deserve to be going through this and actually when which is so true nobody deserves to be suffering or hating what they're doing but when there is something little that you can do to try to help your mindset of a day always 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 try to jump in and take that opportunity because there are some things that you can't avoid when you're in certain jobs because of finances and luxury and and class Mm. and and the environment that you're living in and, and the society's rules that we live under but there will be little things little things that you can do every single day that will help who how you're feeling and who you are and what your mindset is it's not going to fix every single problem that you might be faced faced with and all the challenges that you might have alongside that but it will allow you to have clarity on getting through those challenges yeah you make me um think about that book I used to run workshops on this concept and the slight edge by Jeff Olson I haven't read it, but it's actually on my oh, Amazon list. <laughs> so good. It's all about small daily actions create mm-hmm. massive results. So just like what you're saying there, rather than waiting for the weekend to do this big thing for yourself, just every day, you know, spending 15 minutes for yourself will have mm-hmm. much more effect than if you waited all week and did it on the weekend. Yeah. The other thing is, I am very much aware of vibration and energy and the the effect of that on our lives. Mm. So what you were explaining before, you're starting your day ruled by others, Mm. starting to move into that victim mindset. It's a low vibration. So Mm. you are going to then be reactive, not responding. You are going to be a lot more... um, probably short and not able to cope because you're not filled up you're not elevating so this is why I invest so much in this practice now it doesn't have to be that every day some days it's you know like my child wakes up at five o'clock in the morning so he's forcing (laughs) me to get up early but you know in one way I'd love a sleep in another way I actually enjoy getting up with a coffee and seeing the sunrise and taking yeah. my little moment out to journal and I think journaling is so so important I know you've got a journal as well mm-hmm. um, I'd love to know some of the things that you've journaled or um, mm-hmm. like deep experiences that have been that you've discovered through journaling so for journaling for me is, is actually really funny because in, initially when I first started journaling, it was probably about three years ago mm. that I started it. Um, and initially it was, you know, I always used prompt. I'd never done it before. So I'd, I'd, I'd would use prompts online and it would be, mm. it would be sort of very uh, general questions like, how are you feeling today? Or mm. Or it would be like recall a time when you of somebody when you admired somebody or something like that. Yeah. And it was all it was it was lovely to, to write about and it did you know, it was always sort of very personal to me. But then it started to become the space that I wrote how I was feeling when I was at my lowest and when I was in a in a place of 
real struggle and trying to kind of actually gain clarity on what I was feeling because at the time when I first started doing it, I wasn't talking to anybody about what I was feeling because I was still very stuck in that mindset of it's embarrassing to be feeling like this or because I had lived in such a I was you know I was I'm, I'm very aware of my privilege I'm a very privileged person and in the space that I've grown up in and the family that I've had in the access that I've had to opportunities and things like that so I felt like as who I was I shouldn't be feeling xyz therefore I can't admit it hmm. so I used this journal to help me with that at first and then I started to realize that as I was writing these things down I was almost I was venting for the first part of it and then I was almost I was writing it down but I was sort of questioning well hang on a minute does it does it mean that or maybe it's just because of this and I would almost give myself the answers that I was needing when I was venting but it was only happening as I was writing it was literally as I was my pen was to paper and it was just kind of coming out of me spiraling out of me as I was writing down and I realized that because I'm emotion I'm, I'm processing my emotions by writing all this down it was enabling me to give myself the answers I needed I, I it was giving me this clear vision of oh, okay I've, I've unloaded all of that weight and now I can see where this feeling is coming from. And now I can realize what I need to do to come away from that. Either it was a behavior or it was a belief. And without journaling, I wasn't able to get that clarity because all of the thoughts are just stuck in my head. All, Whereas all when it was together, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's like I've seen that um, this picture online that, that people use to talk about it. It's like a, a ball of string and it's all like messy mm. and then they say that journaling allows you to like undo the knots and it's like a clear line and it goes oh, up I love that it. visualization <laughs> yeah exactly love a visual <laughs> um but like it's it just gives you this real sense of understanding of why you're feeling what you're feeling mm. and how you can help yourself get beyond that rather than staying stuck in that space oh I love it like I went through around Christmas, very big upheaval in the family. My partner's got kids and there was just not very, um, wasn't a very fun time. So I would grab my journal, go outside and I'll just write, you know, what was I disappointed in? What was I holding on to? What expectations did I have of them, of me, of this life? And then eventually I worked out that, oh, my gosh, you know, it's not them at all. I've come to this with a perfect idea of what things should be. And if it didn't look like that picture, there was something wrong. Mm -hmm. And so in journaling, I realized like, oh, my gosh, you know, Maybe it's um, I'm approaching it in a certain way that's very structured or very, you know, right, black and white. And maybe I need to just sit back and allow whatever's going to happen to happen and not control the situation. So I did a lot of journaling of, you know, what is connection and, and um, what is attachment and what is commitment mm. to just standing there. And so a lot of those things only come out when you start working through yeah. and going deeper and deeper and deeper. And I love when you're saying, you know, when you're journaling, you're kind of almost going in this deeper, deeper, deeper journey. And it does allow you to distill everything that's in your head. 
and yeah, make a better sense of it. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, you're, you're peeling back the layers of all of the habits and behaviors and beliefs that you've accumulated over yes. however many years. And I, when I was younger, I, I was, I got, I, I would become really angry quite quickly. That was my response or reaction to a lot of situations when I didn't feel listened mm-hmm. to or heard or whatever. But anger was always my emotion that I felt like I could feel. And I so much so that, that it almost became a part of my identity. I was like, you know, mm. I'm I don't I don't cry. I'm not sad. I'm angry, and I yeah. shout and I you know I, I kick off and I get angry about things. And then I realized that actually I didn't want to be that person. <laughs> I didn't want to be the angry. One. I went through that um, too when I was like thirteen. I was yeah, like, exactly. you know, yeah, so so aggressive. And I didn't I didn't want yeah. that to be a part of who I was. And mm. and in my head, I was I I knew that I was actually quite a gentle person but but this this persona that I'd created outside of myself nobody knew that part of me so in in my journaling I would I would explore that a little bit and I and I always I really believe that so many of these emotions like anger stem from fear and it was a case of what's making me angry right now why am I why am I angry about that and it always led to disappointment and then fear of rejection or fear of abandonment or fear of loss or or whatever it was and then I'd be like okay well what am I what am I actually afraid of and then I would think about the 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 likelihood of these things happening and and how I wanted to be different if I wasn't going to be if I didn't react in this angry way if I didn't react in the space of fear what would I be doing and when I was then able to a understand where this feeling was coming from and accept that feeling of anger because I'm allowed to feel it anger mm. is not a bad emotion but the mm. way that I was dealing with it wasn't helpful and then once I'd kind of gained clarity on that it was okay well what do I want to do differently to help me put this gentle version of myself that I knew I was on the inside into my external so people could actually see me as this as this gentle person not because those opinions of other people are the most important but because I wanted to be the gentle person I want to be the pe- the person that I know I am inside without having to feel like I have to cover up um, so that people don't know me and that then led into me being or accepting vulnerability vulnerability yes. is Brene Brown I was just about to yeah. say it's, oh, it feels like Brene her. Brown the gifts of imperfection and yeah. all of that you know you really have to express fear because it can't exist if it's you know if it's silenced it will exist yeah. but as soon as you express it and I think we'll probably one of the other key things was vulnerability mm-hmm. I think if you look at anger it's a mask for vulnerability, right? So when you can go, what am I vulnerable about? How mm. can I express this? How can I ask for help? How can I express this to someone and say, I'm actually vulnerable right now. I, I need help or I need space or maybe you need to set boundaries and deal with the actual underlying thing. Yeah. And I, I remember when... I first went into having a coach for myself and I mm-hmm. was talking about all these things and, and I'd got to the space, I'd built up this relationship with my coach of where I did trust him and, and, and I would mm-hmm. speak to him about all these different things. And all of a sudden, all of these feelings I'd had and all of these behaviors I had made total sense. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I was crazy and it wasn't that there was mm-hmm. something wrong with me. It was just a feeling that I didn't allow myself 
to understand and explore and accept. And the moment that that started to happen, I was like, I, I just want to, I want to make anyone who's ever fe felt any of these feelings that are a challenge, like as if they're not good enough, like they're not worthy, yeah. like they don't deserve the life they want, like they are stupid or, or insensitive or irrational or whatever it is that they're calling themselves. I want them to have this space where they're honored and they can talk and they can be honest and they can speak about what they've been through and be believed mm. and speak about their experience and be trusted that that's exactly what happened because it's their perception. Yeah. If somebody else had listened to me speak that had been in the same situation as me, they might, they might say, well, no, that's not how it happened. Or that wasn't what they intended you to feel. But if that's mm -hmm. how I've perceived it, mm. it's real for me. And that yeah. doesn't mean that the people have involved in it are bad people it just means that I've perceived something in a way that's been detrimental to my belief and now I don't feel like I'm worthy enough so I need to unravel that mm. and that's what I want to help other people do and that's what I just think that we all need a space to accept what it is that we feel and then pick out what it is we want to keep and what it is we want to let go oh I love that so much <laughs> everything you said there I totally resonate with, mm. you know, I've, I've gone on a quite a similar journey to that of realizing what I call it is, you know, you grow up and you create these stories, the ways mm. of being, and they keep you stuck because you have to be this way because you've created this identity. So the yeah. moment you're able to basically clear the slate acknowledge how you've been acting how you've been seeing others mm -hmm. and realize that it's actually you seeing them not actually who they are and then I went on this exercise to reconnect with my family so at that time I was totally estranged from my family for some time it was all um we were sort of disjointed, not talking. I wasn't even talking to my sister for 12 months and we were mm -hmm. so close. So in those reconnection conversations, which is really difficult to have, I'm sure you educate your clients and how to have that like conversation with someone and get some something complete. Yeah. Something broke yeah. at a certain point that severed the relationship or severed the, the view of um, the two of you. And when you connect and you share vulnerability, yeah. what hurt you, what you felt, what happened, and then they share to you their version of the story, it's amazing because it's yeah. almost like night and day. They, their version and your version are completely different. Yeah. And in that mirroring, you can see their side, they can see your side, and then you can start building a closer relationship. And it yeah. can happen like that. I had this almost instantly change my relationship with my sister in a 40-minute conversation. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And, and I think that, you know, there, there's this wild thing that it took me a while to realise. But it's actually not that wild at all. But it feels like it is in that two people or more, or more than that can both or can all be right. It's mm. not about one person being wrong or one person being right. And then 
you know, it's it. Th there are always different sides, different perceptions to these stories, and and when we, as you say, are honest and vulnerable about how mm. we perceive something, we can then start to understand where where those ideas came from and what our intentions were. Mm. But it's not about proving each other wrong. It's it's about listening and paying attention to what both of us or all of us in whatever situation are feeling, mm. and. I think, you know, I think it's easy to forget as well that when, you know, for me, when when I as an individual, I'm going through something difficult and somebody has wronged me or that's my opinion of the situation. It's very easy for me to be like, you know, they shouldn't have done that. That's immoral. That's not right. Yeah. But they're also a human, too. I've made mistakes. I've messed mm. up. I've done yeah. I've done things wrong and I deserve forgiveness to a certain extent. And so, and so do they. And and it's about realizing that every single one of us are just trying to figure out life we're trying to work mm. our way through it and we are going to mess up sometimes but it's about learning how to react and deal with that in a responsive way in a in a in a way where you make space to listen to the other person's side of it yes. and make space to question your own behaviors as well as theirs and obviously this you know there are some situations where that's not going to be possible you know in in abusive situations and things like that there has to be these boundaries and sometimes mm -hmm. cutting people out of life and, and removing these sort of toxic traits and things like that or toxic environments from your life is a hundred percent the right choice but it's about making sure you're making the right choice for you because it's mm. what you want not because mm. somebody else is making those decisions for you yeah that's really really great I think the power comes from knowing that rather than going inward and blocking people out and holding on to resentment mm -hmm. forever, you acknowledge that it's time to clean up, it's time to do the work, it's time that you want to have that relationship with your sister, you know, yep. Don't let this life go and five years go by and you completely missed this amazing connection. Yeah. It's very scary to call them up and make the time and have the right words, not the right words, but come at it with compassion and with listening yeah. And and really just being in that presence of seeing the relationship in a new way. And then making a commitment to be this new thing, this new relationship. I've never, I've never mentioned this before, but when I um, I had this visualization once when I was in a coaching session, and uh, one of the questions I always ask myself when I journal on it and I speak to clients with it, mm. view your most successful self and ask them what would they do in whatever situation, um, especially when you're feeling panicked or scared or overwhelmed and all that kind of stuff. And I remember the first, I couldn't picture this person that I wanted to be. And I ended up creating this visualization. Like it was, it just happened one day. It just came to my head. I didn't have to try to do anything. And it was this like, I can't really explain it. It's like a spiritual, really powerful woman with like flowing hair and like an angel's white gown, like flowing behind me on a beach. <laughs> stuff. And, and that was the successful woman that I was embodying. And every time I made a choice that was aligned with me, 
it was almost like I saw her smiling being like yes you're getting it oh. you're doing it right and and it was like this thing of I know that I'm aligned with what I want when I'm making these decisions because I can feel it like I can see mm. that person mm. <laughs> in my mind and it's a it's it's such a powerful thing when you start to genuinely believe that you are worth everything you wish that you were worth because for so long this is so common for so many people they treat themselves like they're not worth anything like they don't deserve to be happy and that's one of the simplest things we all deserve to have happiness whoever we are we deserve to have that and it's about making the or changing your behaviors and making the choice to be like right well I'm a human I'm going to stop putting myself as a last resort I'm going to stop dismissing what I want and I'm actually going to think of myself as the successful incredible person that I am yeah and make choices aligned with that version of me oh rather my than gosh the of me that's, that's scared and <laughs> oh exactly that's funny because we're in obviously alignment here because I today I was on a call with another beautiful woman and we were talking about divine feminine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it was a beautiful podcast episode with Jackie. Directly after that, I had this, I was going to stop my day. I'd pretty much done my work, but I just felt like I wanted to record a meditation. Mm-hmm. So earlier today I recorded a meditation of, a woman embodying her divine feminine and it's a full visualization and exactly what you're talking about there of you know imagining what she looks like what does she look like and calling her to you and really feeling that energy that vibration that power Mm. and letting her integrate with you and then feeling that divine led feminine within you and that's the space that you make decisions from that all knowing that powerful that guiding you know spirit or you know oneness Mm. and that that's just so powerful that makes you feel Mm. so expansive it makes you feel like anything is possible and that is what I am absolutely, that's my big vision is to raise the conscious wealth of women around the globe. So we're all speaking this divine feminine, we are embodying it, we're sharing, we're collaborating and we lifting other women up by breathing the belief. Yeah. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that. (laughs) Yeah. You pretty much spoke about exactly what I had um, embodied today. It's so, <laughs> so amazing. Oh, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for all your beautiful wisdom. Oh, thank you. No, it's and been a pleasure to be on. Thank you so much for having me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to deep diving with you very soon and we'll create another beautiful you know, embodiment. Um, I love all the journaling prompts. I love all the talk about toxic relationships. And yes, I would love for the woman who's listening to this mm-hmm. to take some time for herself, you know, and really think about what 
we spoke about and what's come up for her that she wants to, you know, journal out what new stories, what, you know, boundaries or mm. um, maybe even just making time for her day so yeah. that she can elevate. And yeah. I think it's so important. So thank you so much for sharing, Rosie. I'm yeah, super course. excited. <laughs> Have, a, so have an amazing afternoon. Ah, you too. Okay, bye.